I don't know. The bachelorette parties I usually see don't seem like they're trying to revolutionize anything except bottomless mimosas. I won't keep the the you you deriding against them because you know I don't want to. I want you get you get you in trouble with the many bachelorette parties. The, all the the ones that are going to listen to your podcast called Between the Left. Hey, if there maybe there's like a bunch of antifa rogue bachelorette girl or women. There you Damn go. it! Okay. No, you're doing really good. I mean, I I have to start policing myself more too. I mean, I I say hey girl all the time. Yeah, but that's like uh, slang, kind of like meme, slang <laughs> meme. You know those slang memes. Slinging mad slang memes. <sighs> Spitting hot fire. That's what I do. Hello and welcome to Between the Left. I'm with uh, a very special guest today, a renowned author and everything else. I just can't even <laughs> can't even react to this yet. Caroline, or uh, well, do you want to go by Quill still or Caroline? Uh, I mean, I I can go by Caroline, but you can always advertise. My username is Princess Quill on pretty much any media platform. She is on several. Uh, one of which is Twitch. She does Twitch streaming. So if anyone wants to go watch a good streamer who's very interactive and doesn't put up with people's shit, she's a good one. It's very true. It's an accurate representation of my stream. <laughs> so do you want to tell listeners about yourself? Well, I am an aspiring author. I have an agent and I'm currently on submission shopping out my book to publishers. Um, yes, I'm a Twitch streamer. I mostly uh, stream RPGs and I love to read. And I also, in terms of mental health, I have lots of experience with depression and anxiety and also just thinking about mental health a whole heck of a lot and especially representation of mental health in books and other media. Wow, that was like the most professional uh, intro anyone's given on this show yet. <laughs> well, that's that's nice to know. I guess that I can bullshit my way through an intro. <laughs> but yeah, today we'll be less emphasized on uh, ranting about capitalism and trying to be less emphasized on me ranting in particular. <laughs> the focus will be on uh, a couple things. Uh, first, we're going to talk about gaming. So yeah, Caroline... Uh, plays many of the games I do. Uh, Overwatch. She got me into World of Warcraft. Accidentally. Yeah, it's not good. It's not a good thing. <laughs> it's I, wonderful. It's bad. It's a dangerous no, game. No, I thought. I always thought I would hate that game, but then I didn't. Me too. I think it just like was the right time in our lives. Yeah, but you want to talk about like problematic things in video games? World of Warcraft, I've been, like, paying attention to more of the quests, and they're so fucked up. Like, there's so many ones that are, like, go do this, like, horrible thing that we need to do because we fucked up, and now we need to keep order. I mean, all of, like, MMO quests are just excuses of how you, like, why you get to kill, like, ten things of whatever. Yeah. Like, but Warcraft it seems particularly good at being like, oh, these things were good, but now they're corrupted, so I guess we have to kill them. It's really sad, though. Don't... There was that one quest that was like, 
don't bring me anything back. Like, I don't want to talk about it ever again. Like, just go kill them. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god. Yeah, that's what, like, makes it extra disturbing to me, though, because right. they, they're aware that it's wrong, but they're just like, you have to do it. There is no other choice. It's almost like they think that that's the only mechanic that works well or something, but yeah. I disagree. I mean, they do have a couple of quests that I have enjoyed more that are, like, I like the collection quests fine or whatever, but, like, there was one quest in Fellwood which is, uh, for the uninitiated, a, like, corrupted elf land, and everything's, like, covered in demonic magic, and you get to, like, go pick up squirrels and clean the demonic crud off of them, and then they, like, hop away with, like, a little heart over their head, and I'm like, why can't we do more, like, that stuff instead of, like, I didn't have to kill the squirrels, why can't I, like, scrub gross magic off of everyone else? Well, yeah, and it's also, like, you could have quests you know, you go out to this area and there are people like bandits or whatever that attack you and you defend yourself. Like that's better than like, go slaughter this <laughs> right. tribe. They've gone horribly wrong. And it's like, I'm just supposed to believe you. Exactly. Like, I feel like I'm the people who were like gung-ho about the Iraq war. I'm going to find out later that the, the weapons of mass magic were all a lie. And it's, it's interesting. Like the first thing I thought of when you said that was like, well, there is another side to it and it's the horde, but not really because like, I'm sure the Horde, I haven't played any Horde stuff yet, but I'm sure they have similar quests. And, like, it's not, like, always just, like, you versus the Horde. It's you versus, like, the sad, yeah. corrupted tribe of owl guys. Yeah, it's always those, like, owl guys or, like, the little bear people. I know. I know, they're really sad. And then sometimes you interact with, like, normal versions of them. I have, like, a really bad, like, reputation with them. And I'm, it makes me think, like, <laughs> I did something wrong and I've just been murdering innocent bear people creatures well you probably have as i often say i i need to go to the the world of warcraft version of the hag get on trial for war crimes <laughs> yet we still play this game over and over yeah i mean my morality is it stops at the the online door for world of warcraft i don't think it really does considering how hard of a time you give me when you're watching my stream <laughs> yeah but i mean that's not so much morality as as an uh, uh opportunity to troll <laughs> well it adds a certain panache i think i challenge the viewership you know <laughs> you challenge me to keep my viewership <laughs> <laughs> yeah when i go on history like i'll interact with her but i won't interact with the rest of the chat right he just pretends no one else is there <laughs> they're all talking about like the game and like the mechanics and i'm just like uh actually this reflects uh neoliberal capitalism and you're bad. <laughs> Sometimes you do get some people who take your bait. But what I specifically wanted to talk about with you was uh, essentially your thoughts on um, being a woman in uh, a space that is often, like, not dominated by men, but men want to dominate it. I think dominate's probably a fair word, even though I think that the stats are now that women are the higher concentration of video game players. Um, but men are way more uh, visible in the space that games occupy, basically. I guess what kind of blockade was it when you first were considering like doing something like streaming? Well, or... it took me a really long time to get up the nerve to stream because of this exact issue. I was like, I, I know what's going to happen, and it does. It happens all the time. It was worse, I think, particularly when I was new. I don't know why. Maybe, maybe the viewership I've developed has helped, like, fend off those things but when I first started I got a lot of trolls like people asking to see my feet and just like making lewd comments and um 
yeah <laughs> yeah it was not not great um but so yeah i like i had I've been wanting to stream for a long time and i got all the equipment and stuff but it was still months and months after that until i actually started um when they find out you're a woman do they like do you actually think that what they're doing is type of trying to like assert supremacy do you think they're just like creeps i think that they want to make they just want to get a reaction honestly i haven't had you know i i felt like what i was the most afraid of going into streaming was like men coming into my stream and being like oh you don't know what you're doing uh you're doing this all wrong or whatever and that hasn't really been my experience but i suspect that it's possibly because it is such a small like platform at this point i mean any other time i'm in it like a big twitch chat and there's you know like like for instance i was watching the overwatch league their you know recent live competition for overwatch and well first of all there's no women (laughs) in any of the teams but they had like some people talking it was like a couple of guys and a woman and the woman started speaking and i saw like someone comment like be quiet sweetie the men are trying to talk and, like, that was kind of, like, what I was afraid of going into it, but that hasn't really happened to me personally. It's mostly been, like, oh, look at this woman. We can make her feel uncomfortable with our lewd comments rather than, like, challenging whether or not I'm even allowed to be there. Though maybe that is a form of that in its own way. Yeah, I don't I don't ever know, like, how much of it is, like, as we've seen with, like, the Me Too movement, like, how much of it is just, like, I want to assert power over you or, like, really just, like, they are sexually attracted or whatever and just have literally no self-control because they haven't like been taught to have self-control i mean right. I, I well i both. do i do think i see a lot of that yeah. did you start playing video games early in life or did it take you a while to like really get into them for me i grew up playing them and watching them be played uh my brother is seven years older than me and so he was very into video games uh when he was younger and so i just like started watching him i I really, I think, like, my Twitch habit, like, the foundations for it were laid very early on, because I would, like, come home and do homework while I watched him play, like, Jedi Knight or uh, No One Lives Forever, which are probably games that nobody (laughs) knows that I'm referencing. Or Warcraft 3. He played Warcraft 3, and I watched him, and I loved it, and he let me play it, and then he got me a copy. Um, So I do credit my brother with getting me into video games. And also, like... I think from coming from that, from being so young and like just growing up with it being natural and never being questioned about it, it never occurred to me that I like shouldn't play video games or that it was like not feminine to play video games or something, you know, I don't know. I just felt like it was very normalized. Like video games are a good social tool and a good tool for like bonding. And it's unfortunate that like they've been deemed this like uh, masculine space that people who aren't willful about it don't want to deal with something i feel like that's very representative of this is just the term gamer like i think that we are as a culture i guess very afraid to assign that term to a woman without like adding without appending girl like uh just for uh, for an example you know the critical role like dungeons and dragons uh group that i watch um 
I'm sure lots of people know what it is. Maybe not on this podcast. I don't know. Anyway, I went to see a couple of them came to a convention not too far from me and I was reading like the program and I like the man, <laughs> Matthew Mercer, you know, he's like, he's a professional voice actor, blah, 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 blah. And then like his now wife, her bio is like, Marisha Ray is a gamer girl, a nerd girl. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, she's also a professional voice actor and that was the first thing that they put like I don't know I I hope to god she did not write that herself I mean if she did like whatever it's her choice but it just made me really incensed um it's like we can't call ourselves gamers we have to be like oh I'm a gamer girl or grill or whatever whatever it is nowadays um (laughs) you've never seen that no it's it's a slang meme (laughs) slang meme damn slang (laughs) memes Anyway, I was going to say one other thing on this subject was um, I've noticed this especially from women also, like the hesitation to call other women or themselves gamers. For instance, one of my close friends is very, very big on Hearthstone and um, she was having a conversation with another one of her female friends and her friend was like, yeah, but you're not like you play that game but you're not really a gamer and my friend was like yeah I I really am it was like that person didn't want to put that on her I don't know that just baffled me as well see I'm of like two minds of it because I definitely agree on that point but I I think in general the term gamer as an identity a it's it's kind of weird to like have your identity based on like the thing you're consuming people come as a movie buffs but like it's not quite the same i'm not a watcher yeah like a movie watcher or like a like a premium tv or (laughs) no i get you it's odd like that and also just gamers in general have become like a, a term of derision for like a certain type of political group that's very reactionary and like you know if if we turn away from that as people who play video games but are also not troll people um <laughs> troll people yeah then maybe it's it's kind of like the reverse of reclaiming an identity we just like cast off an identity and all the people who are the gamers go and uh become extinct in caves huddled around their ps4s so okay uh if you want to challenge the term gamer like how would you describe yourself or what kind of identity would you be interested in assuming that surrounds that? It's something that's pretty essential part of like what I do. It's definitely a huge hobby of mine. I spend a lot of too much time playing games, but I mean, I personally don't uh, like to call myself a gamer because I associate, I have those bad associations and I generally don't like to identify myself based on like, something that i'm consuming because that's you know feeding into capitalism and stuff but but i also understand why other people would want to especially it's just like a proclamation of oh i belong here yeah i don't know if i really describe myself i'm i have to look at my my twitter (laughs) and and see like how i describe myself because i'm curious i do say gamer look at me proud of myself (laughs) (laughs) Well, because I feel like I usually say, like, I love playing video games rather than, like, oh, I'm a gamer. Yeah. That gamer girl thing. I have not heard gamer girl in a while now. Really? I hear it all the friggin' time. As I mean, you've also talked about, like, like talking to people about the more problematic things they say. Is that in your stream or, like, in other people's streams? Both. Uh, I feel like it happens more in other people's streams, uh, which is unfortunate. Because, obviously, in my stream, I can 
do or say whatever I want and ban whoever I want. But I, so in particular, there's another streamer that I'm friends with. I won't name him, but I like to hang out in his stream and chat with him. We're friends. Um, but I, anytime I'm in his chat room, it becomes, because my name is Princess Quill, and so that, like, obviously genders me. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that I am a woman, but everyone assumes that I am because of princess, um, and they would be right. But it inevitably becomes about the fact that I am female, and um, it's just really hard for me to, like, hang out in his chat without, like, constantly having to defend women in some way, or, like, they just make careless comments that I, they don't think about. Like, this, my, the streamer himself, he's very nice, and anytime I, I, like, say, like, oh, you shouldn't say something like that, like, don't use that word, he's like, oh, gosh, okay, I won't, and he, like, changes his behavior, but he also, he kind of, like, assumes that everybody in the chat other than me is a, is a guy, um, and that really bothers me. <laughs> So I've been, like, getting on his case about that, and he's started to say, like, hey, guys and girls, which I guess is a step up from, like, saying, hey, boys. And, like, I've seen people in his chat come in and be like, hey, lads, and I'm like, I'm obviously not a lad. Like, uh, can we, like, I mean, I, I mean, there's 30 other people in the chat. Probably one or two of them at least are women, and they're just not as, like, visible as I choose to be. And, like, uh, I don't know. I don't want to get into, like, gender as spectrum and not just like addressing the binary but I, they're they're they can't handle that level of yeah that nuance <laughs> wokeness <Yeah>. yet <laughs> you have to pick your battles no, but i am honestly kind of surprised that there has been that he's been responsive and the chat has been like fairly responsive to that I guess, like, the thing is, on, on average, most people are, you know, that sort of microaggression is just kind of part of their daily life. Yeah, um, I mean, he's better about it than the rest of his chat. Let's just put it that way. They've been a little more pushed back from them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I get real salty. I Sometimes I have to, like, regulate myself just because I'm like, this is not my stream. He doesn't mind my sass, but I do have to, like, kind of restrain myself sometimes. Okay. Now, off of your uh, me capitalizing on your identity, <laughs> I'm gonna capitalize on another part of your identity. No, um, I I wanted to talk about like uh, socialization or like socializing in an online online space. Like you and I both have talked about how we are not the most social people, and socializing exhausts us. I mean, what is like the difference to you between socializing on a stream? or socializing in a video game with people you don't know or don't know as well versus actual like person socialization is, is one less exhausting than the other. Oh yeah, the difference is massive. And I almost think there's like a tier for me, uh, T-I-E-R, tier. Um, <laughs> like socializing in person is extremely exhausting and I can only do it like twice a week at max. And then like streaming does take a certain amount of social energy just because I'm like constantly thinking like, oh, I need to be talking and interacting and like getting people to engage. But it is less exhausting than when I'm in a social situation, probably because I can like control it more. And I don't know, it's just different. And then video gaming, like just like being on WoW and like chatting with people who are in game is like basically no effort at all. Like I can talk to like, a dozen people online and have like it's just like so different from like t talking to 12 people in person it's 
there's no comparison really i find it so exhausting to just like talk to people on a daily basis and like my job as a reporter mm. is calling people and there's like this mental blockade between like me and the phone that like i have to plunge through at some point absolutely i mean your job is especially i feel like exhausting because you have to be like on mentally when you're talking to those people and like now like you have to be thoughtful and responding to what they're actually saying whereas like i also have a social job and it is exhausting but mostly physically because like I mean, emotionally sometimes too, but it is, I think, easier because I am a server and I just have to, like, ask people the same questions and my interactions are usually very short. So it's different in that way, I think. See, yeah, that's that's the weird thing is that, like, once I get past the initial, like, I need to call this person and the stress involved there, once I start the conversation, I'm more or less fine. Like, it doesn't really stress me out that much to do the interview. But, like, when I was a server... um, Honestly, interacting with customers was the most exhausting thing I've ever done. Like, just, like, one person after the next. Because it's that new, like, barrier between each person. Well, are you talking about being on register? Yeah, being on register, like yeah. Yeah, that's, I see. I am never on register. <laughs> I have opted out of that experience, and that is allowed at my job. I mean, I do it occasionally, but yeah. I'm not good at it and we only want people who are good at it on the register so my uh interactions with people are limited to like oh you need an extra plate okay i'll go get you an extra plate you know so it's a lot less (laughs) taxing than being like oh hey how are you like what can i get for you and pretending to care over and over and over and over but yeah, I, I, I wonder if that is a generational thing as much as it is the nature of video games. Like, I wonder if, like, obviously we have our own our own kind of issues, but, like, I wonder if, like, being so online for most of our lives has, like, encouraged our sort of anxieties and alienations, um, or if it is just, like, we naturally fit into the online space better because of those those uh, social stressors. Well, I think those things are accurate, but there's more factors involved. Like, well, f- for example, with gamers, uh, not all of us, but a lot of us are introverts. And so th- these are easier ways to interact with people. Because just because you're introverted doesn't mean you don't want to connect with somebody. <clears throat> so I think, for me at least, the internet is an easier way to connect with someone while also controlling my own use of my time and whether or not I feel like suffocated by how many people are around me or whatever. Um, and like, I mean, you and I will like, you know, chat on discord or whatever, like basically every night. And that doesn't feel like exertion to me. Like I'd much rather like do that than go out and like talk to one person at a bar or something. I, yeah, I get like, it's it's weird because it feels like a stimulation thing of, of where I am like at the service job I was mm. so overstimulated by like the constant bedlam the noises the smells thinking oh I have to do all these different interactions but it can't just be that because video games are inherently like overstimulating and I am like I am inherently a very overstimulated <laughs> person I kind of like being overstimulated because of like ADHD and stuff but I wonder because video games you there is a lot more control involved in them and you don't necessarily have to react to all those stimuli at once like you do in a real life environment yeah yeah it's definitely there's the barrier of like the real between me and um 
the video game like my actual like senses are very uh narrowly involved with the video game as much as i like video games i do wonder like how much of a good thing it is that i like have this outlet for like a certain type of alienation like i don't know there's the cause and effect kind of problem there where i don't know if i would be alienating myself as much as i'm okay with if i didn't have video games as a kind of recourse and also there's the question of i don't mean to invalidate social relations of video games but like an internet community lacks the like material conditions of a of a real life community and lacks like the kind of politics of a real life community where you can like collectively act for one another you mean like do things for each other in real life yeah or just you can you can act in that way or you can advocate for one another i mean i'm kind of making it about capitalism but like in an this is what your podcast is about yeah well i mean it's about various topics give the people what they want they yearn for my commentary on capitalism (laughs) they beg for it Uh, This is what's going to be, when the revolution comes, they'll be playing this on loudspeakers if they they pick up their pitchforks. Why pitchforks? Wouldn't we be using something else at this point? That's all the proletariat has, is pitchforks. It's like like being a level one (laughs) World of Warcraft character. How about chainsaws? That's fair. Okay, we can do chainsaws. I'm good with chainsaws. But yeah, like... It kind of freaks me out that I'm like, my community is entirely dictated by like a non-public zone that is like the platform of a company, I guess, Hmm. because I feel like that gives them a lot of control. And like, we see this on YouTube and we see this, like, I think to a degree on Twitch that like your rights are dependent on the will of the company that's kind of in control. And I, I, they often have incentives to like oppress voices that are not like what the Twitch audience wants. Like I don't know how to envision a internet community or video game community that isn't like dependent on that. That's kind of like my discomfort there. It's it's dependent on consumption and consumption gives control to these unaccountable actors. So many people are basing their identity around that consumption and they get angry when they feel like their artist or their creator or their publisher has done them wrong right and then they get the pitchforks out but for the entirely wrong reason um, you mean the chainsaws yes the chainsaws out for the entirely wrong reason which is typically to go for the head of a developer or something especially a female developer jesus but mass Mass effect andromeda was a particularly notable (laughs) event yeah those people were mad because their product failed them for various reasons, not because it was an SJW propaganda and somehow they made it about SJW propaganda. To me, that directs me to the question of like, what is going wrong here? Because it can't just be that people are assholes. I mean, it can, but... They're just assholes at a higher higher echelon. Yeah, it just like, it, it seems to encourage the the privilege of these people that they already have that like their product is not just a product and this is kind of old hat commentary but their product isn't just a product but it is it is truly their product like they own this yeah i think that um all that is true but if companies continue to adhere to this um 
like straight cis white male um, as a consumer, as their primary consumer, then they are going to be missing out on a lot of revenue. Because like I said, I'm pretty sure that women are the primary consumers of video games at this point. Maybe not the type of games we consider gamers to play, like Call of fucking Duty. But there's also like lots more diversity to be experienced and people consume those things. It has been proven that people those things so eventually it'll be like i think there will be a tipping point of like we're missing out on a lot of money just and i'm that's not necessarily like a good thing but that is the motivating factor rather than like oh we want everyone to be included in this culture but it might be the way that we get there i obviously i believe that that is like a uh that is a limited victory but i just still believe that it is a victory even if it is mm-hmm. one driven by like capital if they start marketing to like crowds that have been underserved and and have some level of accountability even if it is just like mob violence kind of accountability well mob violence in the case of the alt-right guys but more right more polite mob violence in the case of, sure, sure. of people who are actually correct and progressive. Are there any type of narratives or video games that you would like to see created that you don't think are? I would just like to see more. Uh, well, I mean, I'm just coming at this again from the perspective of a woman. I'm just limiting my lens here right now of like female protagonists are not super male gaze e. Because uh, I think we have plenty of female protagonists who are like Lara Croft, where like the guy wants to save her and like admire her cleavage. But it would be cool to see more like Rays um, in video games. And I mean, I like Horizon Zero Dawn is a notable yeah. exception to that for sure. But even she has some outfits that I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I just feel like there are so many, I mean, video games that are doing good things but they are still feel so beholden to like they feel like they have to throw the male gaze a bone or something like that um not to be too euphemistic but but it's true like i mean like overwatch i think is better in its diversity i mean there's still other things to be said about it but like they still have like widowmaker as like the super sexy it just doesn't feel like it has completely left all things yeah <laughs> that are even moving towards a, in a good direction i saw this like forum post about a, a guy being super angry about that one widowmaker like outro where she uh starts to like seduce the camera and then like knocks it over and like steps on it throat with her heel and the guy was angry because he was like no widowmaker can't deny me i'm fine with all this like other social justice diversity crap but widowmaker is the one for the heterosexual male that's that's his <laughs> that's his the the like the other identities are not like also you, you you just don't get to own anything like that is like just the classic heterosexual male mindset of like i get to assert my dominance or ownership over the female body essentially yeah so funny i know it's insane but it feels like he took in to some degree ideas of identity and like them being political and stuff but then he was like oh so that means i get to own a certain identity and control every facet of it you don't see like lgbt people being like 
oh, Tracer needs to do this specific thing that I, right. I did. Like, they, they might say something is, like, problematic, but they don't, like, need her to be, like, this very narrow appeal. Like, they're not like, how dare she isn't making out with her girlfriend in every outro. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, like, this is a game where we kill each other. Like, it is not a game of seducing each other. So the <laughs> outros are going to be related to the actions that take place in the game. Not in, not in your fantasies. Yeah, for God's sake. If you think Widowmaker is, like, the only one that appeals to the heterosexual male, you're not... Like, Mercy, there is, like, a, a subliminal sexual. for sure. Yeah, she has, like, tight clothes and stuff. Like, Overwatch is as problematic as anything. It just has, Symmetra. like... Yeah, definitely Symmetra. Um, talk about, like... And there's, like, a lot of exoticism going on there. Yeah. Farah, um, her native american skin yeah and then which they retconned and they're like <laughs> no no she she has native blood like, okay. it makes it okay this character has native blood it's fine now <laughs> there's no native or indigenous people on the staff maybe or no one was involved in this decision but the fictional person has native blood so it's not problematic god i mean it's... like all major businesses <laughs> they still have a lot of issues that's like happens when like identity is kind of appropriated by like capitalism is that it becomes like atomized like that where they they have this like perverse kind of idea of what why people care about this stuff it's like it's not that it's about like it's not that it has like political implications it's just like i am performing the ritual a and ritual b correctly right and putting in the correct inputs to put out the get the outputs it's very like silicon valley kind of processing of of representation yeah, going back to your question of, like, what I'd like to see, it would be nice to see, like, some more authentic stories being told rather than just having, like, these token diverse characters, which I guess is just, like, step one in the process. But it would be cool to see, like, diversity as intended to be inclusive and, like, allowing other people to see themselves in the video games that they're playing rather than, like, just because they want to tick all the boxes for the, yeah. like, progressive list. Yeah. That they found online. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that is the shortcoming of that sort of representation that eventually progressive, I mean, already progressives, like, forget people. Or just those people don't fit within the context of, like, the people who progressives appeal to in the right way. Or, like, they don't exist in the progressive environment so they don't become represented, which is certainly problematic because then you have a sort of an implicit cultural dominance on representation obviously it's it's still better than the previous white male dominance on representation but right in the past year like there's been really good stuff as well i think i talked about this with you uh hellblade which mm, is a mm -hmm. terrible name yeah it was poorly named yeah <laughs> but i am really interested in playing that game for sure i mean it was about schizophrenia and i don't have schizophrenia mm. but i've had like some level of interaction with like delusional thinking and you know a degree of psychosis uh the way it represented that is within the context of the society that character like lived in which was celtic ireland mm -hmm. um which appeals to both of us yeah as we know. <laughs> yeah which is so weird that was like the game was just like made for sure. for, uh, yeah, <laughs> and, I do. I do want to play it. Yeah, it's just I've not I've not seen like that good of representation for mental illness. I don't think in in most things. It both like it not only just depicted the struggle of mental illness, but it also depicted or the struggle of like for identity within mental illness, mm. finding who you are. It wasn't just like dealing with the symptoms, but dealing with like 
who those symptoms make you be because like they are internalized and they are part of you and it didn't just do the whole like easy oh that's the disease not you and i i like that a lot i'm not someone who necessarily needs a ton of representation but yeah one of my pet peeves about mental health representation and fantasy genres is when the condition whatever you want to call it is it turns out to be a power that the person had that they just didn't understand like for instance percy jackson i believe he's he's got like adhd and dyslexia and it turns out just to be like because he's a god or something and i'm just like no like can he be a god and have these things so i'm i'm assuming that didn't happen in that game no they did something very interesting it is a power but not really like and this is what appealed to me is the obsessive compulsive element she obsessed over like matching these ruins up and it like allowed her to quote unquote see things that others would not that is inherently kind of problematic but they used it in such a way that it was more an expression of that she just has a a truly a definitely unique version of looking at the world but also a very difficult version that she has to struggle with right i think that it's different to be like this is like a unique perspective that's offering her it's she's receiving different information than other people are because that she has this um outlook created by her mental state versus like oh it's not really anxiety it's just she's a succubus you know (laughs) like i don't know why i put those two things together but when the the mental health issue is reduced to being like a symptom of someone's misunderstood powers when i get annoyed yeah exactly yeah me too when it's it's not that it is just like a facet of their identity that has its negatives and positives but yeah oh you just weren't looking at it through the right lens I I don't think that that comes from a bad place. Going back to Percy Jackson, like the guy wrote this book for his son. Um, It was like a bedtime story that he told his son who also has the same issues. But I think there's this idea that maybe like, oh, it'll be like hopeful or like escapist for the person who's like reading this who also has these issues to see like they can become something greater than they ever were when I'd rather see like someone who's like yeah this shit's always gonna be with me and this is how i deal with it and i live despite in its despite rather than like it goes away yeah in general which hellblade did well is that i'm more interested in people not overcoming and not succeeding because of it but like seeing the people we lose because of it because like we're able to mass produce these self-affirming stories where like someone struggles with like a societal pressure and they overcome it but that is like inherently it feeds back into the societal pressure because then you're like oh well people can deal with this this is just like something that we can believe our society helps them overcome or can just forget about like the forgotten people but when a story is told about someone who doesn't overcome because just like statistically not everyone will like some people are just lost and like Mm -hmm. that's really important to me that stories are telling that and because it, it really does like it actualizes how real these problems are and how poorly whether it's because of capitalism or white supremacy or whatever the case may be Uh, how poorly our society is interested in accommodating them because it has just like other priorities that I mean obviously prioritize the dominant groups rich white cis people and yeah Hellblade I think did a good job of that it's an interesting framework and I'm like thinking about my own writing now because mental health is something that I do really want to write about I don't know if I'm at a place where I could write that kind of story my 
character in my new book does have, she has panic, but it is not going to be <laughs> resolved <laughs> yeah. by her powers, <laughs> which is, I, I, I wasn't, I, I picked that because, well, not only because I have it, but because her powers are breath related. And so it made sense for them to interact, but not be explained one way or the other. I think that's really cool. I didn't actually realize that you had, um, I knew about the breath powers, obviously, but I didn't actually realize you had incorporated yeah, I that. I, mean, I think there's like a soft kind of bias of just like decent people or okay people, you know, pretty good at this thing. People just kind of <laughs> haplessly going through an extreme situation. But rarely do we like have situations where like this person is just like so poorly equipped and they're just going to get like fucked five ways from Friday. As they wander through a given story. Not saying that your like story is gonna be beating up on this your main no, character or anything. No, it won't, but having that issue will definitely make things more difficult. Because it will interfere with her power. Just generally I, I as it is like a young adult um mm. fiction. Supposedly. Oh well <laughs> Well, I, if it if it remains young adult, it's also just like I I general I still think representation of mentally ill people is something that's like pretty bad right now, even as other representations kind of progress. Yeah, I was gonna touch on that because I was thinking about like gaming and fighting for representation in gaming and how it does feel like you really have to focus on one thing at a time. I don't know, it just seems like a lot of times the forces behind all the, you know, big names are like, oh, like, we can't, we can do a woman, but we can't do, like, a black mentally ill woman. Like, yeah. that's too much. So, uh, I, yeah, I don't know how to, like, negate the lack of intersectionality, <laughs> but it is real. Yeah, and in general, I think people are so inclined to not think of mental illness as a type of identity, which I think... Right. Even, like, the far left, like, even, like, socialist type, which I associate with, would, like, a lot of socialists want to be like, no, mental illness is just, like, inability to function. Well, no, the, I think a lot of them are actually, like, it's an inability to function in capitalism, which is, like, the opposite of, like, overestimating the disease part. And I think it's, like, somewhere in the middle where it is, like, mental illness is, like, you're particularly vulnerable in capitalism and capitalism and, like, these types of hierarchical societies can agitate mental illness to a, a grave mm -hmm. degree but there is also a material reality to that mental illness needs to be recognized and it's i think in a lot of ways represents an identity because i mean there's a lot of as we're talking now we don't necessarily have the exact same illnesses but we have solidarity in the struggle mm -hmm. to me that's very much like an identity and i and i think that like as people are disinclined to think of it that way it, it makes it harder to get representation especially across like a wide berth like it's often displayed as like middle class or upper middle class like white person like on we and you know uh and we're definitely encouraged you know it's interesting i was reading that article um and it just fed into like the issues that i was having this week of like like i was chatting with my therapist about this i was having very severe writer's block and so i i gave my permission myself permission not to write but at the same time i was like you are just like indulging yourself like yeah. it was like it's this, that constant dialogue and I have with depression too like when I'm like today I don't have to like try <laughs> but then you're like oh well, you're just like you know letting yourself be lazy like it's that's always happening and I don't remember why I started talking about this but I did no yeah I well it was just interesting for me to think about that dialogue is something that I didn't create on my own. Um, yeah. From like a lack of self confidence, but that could have been like ingrained in me from 
like the systems in which I live. Oh, definitely. Uh, I never really thought about it that way before, and it was kind of illuminating. Yeah, I think about that a lot. It's this, you know, I feel lazy for thinking it, but like sometimes I just feel like, as that piece said, I don't fit in the world that mm-hmm. is like regarding like the 40 hour work week and like because I, oh, I yeah. have Absolutely about not. yeah and I have about like eight hours of like attention span a day and when I like use it up for <laughs> working mm-hmm. and I come home and I'm just like staring at a wall <laughs> it's just like it's <laughs> miserable yeah I mean like when on the days that I work because I work a nine hour shifts on my feet no break basically um <laughs> that I, I just don't even try to do anything productive I just come home and I like play games and it just like struck me I was like well that's like just feeding into the consumerism like they're like oh you're so tired from contributing to our society you just have to consume the things that we're making for you yeah relaxation techniques and like the self-help industry that kind of stuff it all it's like it is exploitation on top of exploitation kind of you know right. like yeah it's exploiting the fact that you are being exploited and like that's not (laughs) our fault because we're disempowered and like slaves to that process and like we need to you know you need to take care of yourself i do believe like very deeply in that notion that but like yeah you're right it's it's sucks (laughs) i just want to make a note like we've said a lot of things that could imply that like gaming is negative and (laughs) there's like the value of it is ever shattered by these like capitalist forces or whatever. But I think that even in like big content, like Blizzard games, like World of Warcraft, for an example, there are still creators behind it who believe mm-hmm. in what they're doing and make things that are real and valuable that people can connect with. They're just operating like all of us within this greater framework that has been established for however long so i do think obviously there's lots of value in gaming or i wouldn't do it um not just to be like a mindless drone that's clicking and shooting but finding real connections and supporting yourself through that and yeah i mean they are art yeah definitely no i definitely agree i think the only problem inherently i have with gaming is that it like feeds back as I was saying, into capitalism to a degree, but that's not inherent to it. It's just right. Like, I, I just wanted to make that little note. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think like it's a tremendous thing, and and honestly, like we shouldn't be kind of punished for enjoying gaming. But I think there is like economic structures that punish us right. as they encourage us to hyperindulge in it. That's my problem. But. In uh-huh. a better world, it would be more. It would be even more artistic, or it'd be even less driven by corporate. Uh, right. Needs. The problem is, like, I mean, like, look at what happened with Battlefront, the recent Battlefront, yeah. um, with the microtransactions and like all the memes of like, this is the keyboard that comes with Battlefront, and it had, like a credit card, swipe on it. But yeah, like if those systems were abolished, like, what do we, I mean, like even World of Warcraft, that you have to pay. You know, that's like the the thing that kept me from. Playing was yeah. like knowing that you had to subscribe and continue to pay and just like even like little games on your phone they're just constantly trying to keep you addicted i think wasn't it this year or last year that video game addiction was like finally like officially categorized or something yeah, like that because of like the loot box stuff that, that like they've started investigating that that's like what is so frustrating is because i do believe there is like there's greatness in video games and there's great potential for like art i think it's honestly the most exciting medium of our age much more exciting than tv and movies to me at least but there is like that particular perniciousness where you are punished in capitalism for doing what another sector of capitalism 
is trying to get you to do, which is be an addict and do things right. impulsively. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> this is like so depressing. <laughs> no, it's not your fault at all. It's good to talk about these things. It's just like when you face the reality of the situation, it is not pretty. Yeah, I tend but... to have that effect on people. Um. <laughs> Things are not all bleak, though. There are still, like, lots of content creators. And I do want to, I mean, I know you said, like, about, like, Twitch yeah. being run by, I mean, it's an Amazon thing now. Oh, Amazon owns Twitch, I believe. Yeah. But um, there are, I was reflecting the other day about how I do feel lucky to live in a time where content is so easy for everyone to create and, just, like, distribute. Because I feel like, like, the celebrities, quote, end quote, quote are that I admire and look up to are people like on that I watch on Twitch that are like very accessible and real and like are not like glitzed over by Hollywood or whatever like Geek and Sundry the channel that I watch they have that has critical role they have lots of other shows and it just feels like way more honest yeah I know that like things like YouTube and as much as I'm like cynical about the people who own those platforms the creators the fact that they like are able to get their content to such like sliced up markets either and use like things like patreon and and have mm -hmm. that like directly crowdfunded art is is i mean it's kind of like it's kind of sad that it comes to that but on one hand but it is like it is the situation we're living in and at least there's that and that right. is like unless uh you have anything else to add i think we're pretty good to wrap yeah well i really enjoyed having this uh chat and thank you for thank joining you. joining we us. We should start a, a separate gaming podcast. <laughs> or else you should just come on my stream and we can talk about this yeah. kind of stuff. Podcast network. I'll, I'll, uh, it'll be called Between the Everything. <laughs> You're not the best of the everything? I know it's Between the Everything because it has to be a media empire and it started here. Well, I mean, <laughs> or Princess Quill's Between the Everything. <laughs> Well, uh, we have to get Shirley Not a Walrus in there. Yeah, that's true too. Shirley Not a Princess Quill. Shirley Not a Princess? Yes. <laughs> I kind of like it. Okay, thank you very much and uh, have a good day, listeners. Or night. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me.